Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, February 14th. Coming up today... Wall Street braces for the latest reading on inflation. President Joe Biden is set to name Fed Vice Chair Lyle Brainerd as his top economic advisor. The U.S. and China consider meeting in the coming days over the balloon incident. And the White House plans to sell more crude from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. The shooting on the Michigan State University campus has left three dead, plus the NYPD arrests the suspected driver in yesterday's deadly U-Haul truck attack. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. Jalen Brunson's 40 points led the Knicks to their first win over the Nets in more than three years. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with the key inflation report that markets have been waiting for. January's Consumer Price Index is due out at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. Starting with the good news, headline inflation is forecast to have fallen again in January. But that's because of base effects, the fact that it was higher last year at this time. The bad news is on a month-to-month basis, January prices likely rose at a faster pace. Some things, like gasoline and used cars, rose in price. But the government is also rejiggering its seasonal adjustments and the weight it puts on various sectors. That will give the CPI a statistical boost. Bottom line, markets and the Fed will likely look through the report, anticipating some reversion this month. The Fed doesn't meet again until March 22nd. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. Well, we turn to the White House now, and it looks like President Biden is set to pick a new top economic advisor. We get the latest live with Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. President Biden is tapping Federal Reserve Vice Chair Lyle Brainerd for the job with an announcement coming as soon as today, according to people with, familiar with the matter. As director of the National Economic Council, Brainerd will have a prominent role as the administration shifts focus to the implementation of laws such as the Inflation Reduction Act. Her her appointment to succeed NEC Director Brian Dees creates an opening on the Federal Reserve's Board of, Di- of Governors as the central bank continu- continues its campaign of uh, pursuing aggressive interest rate hikes. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Steve, thanks. Turning to Europe, we're seeing wages in the UK rise more than expected. Let's go live to London and get the very latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Average earnings in the UK, excluding bonuses, rose 6.7% in the three months of December from the previous year. Ignoring the pandemic, that's the fastest pace since records began in 2001. The reading, another sign of Britain's tight labour market, will provide ammunition to Bank of England policymakers to hike rates again next month. The latest inflation data comes tomorrow. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
you and thank you. In Asia today, the yen is rising as Kazuo Ueda is officially nominated to helm the Bank of Japan. Analysts say the move will likely pave the way for a gradual pairing back of the central bank stimulus program. And checking the yen now is at 132.09 against the dollar. Now let's get to the latest developments on the China balloon incident. Washington and Beijing are weighing whether to hold a diplomatic meeting on the suspected spying device in the coming days. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Sources tell Bloomberg News that Secretary of State Antony Blinken is considering a meeting with Wang Yi, China's top diplomat, at a security conference later this week. This would be their first face-to-face talks since the balloon uproar that led to a new spike in tensions. Senior officials say they have nothing official to announce. Blinken had called off his trip to Beijing last week after the U.S. identified the alleged Chinese spy balloon hovering over U.S. airspace. The U.S. says that balloon, which was shot down off the coast of South Carolina, was part of a global surveillance system. Since then, three more objects have been shot down. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Amy, thank you. The U.S. military says it's recovered significant debris from that suspected spy balloon, but there's still a lot we don't know about the other objects taken down over the U.S. and Canada. That's according to Republican Congressman Dusty Johnson of South Dakota, who sits on the House China Select Committee. He wants to know more about China's motivations. Are they trying to probe our defenses? And is this the kind of traffic that's always been there and we're just doing a better job of of catching it now? Or is this a new and perhaps more nefarious stage in the relationship between us and and whoever's sending them? And Republican Congressman Dusty Johnson spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio or listen anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a look at the oil market this morning, Karen. Crude is trading lower on news that the White House plans to sell more oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. We get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Deliveries are estimated to happen between April and June. Sources say the non-emergency sale will amount to 26 million barrels of crude and is part of the congressionally mandated sale that lawmakers approved years ago for the current fiscal year. The Energy Department has sought to stop some of the sales required by 2015 legislation so it can refill the emergency reserve, which currently has about 371 million barrels. After this latest release, the reserve will dip to a about 345 million barrels. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Charlie, thanks. Checking oil prices right now. NYMEX crude's down 1.3% or $1.06 at $79.08 a barrel. Brent is down 9 tenths percent at $85.80. Well, in corporate news this morning, Nathan, we have more job cuts coming at four. The automakers said it will eliminate about 3,800 positions across Europe. The company's also trimming jobs in the U.S. As CEO Jim Farley targets $3 billion in savings, to help finance a shift to electric vehicles. And in India, billionaire Gautama Dhani's flagship firm reported a profit in the latest quarter on the back of improved revenues, even as the company grapples with the fallout from a short-seller report, which has triggered a sell-off that's wiped out $127 billion in Adani's market value. This is Bloomberg. It's 43 degrees in New York. We're going to get into the uh, 50s today, a high near 50 under a mostly sunny, breezy sky. Clouds roll in tonight. We'll get down to the low 40s. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Three people are dead and five others are wounded after a mass shooting on the campus of Michigan State University in East Lansing late last night. MSU Department of Public Safety Interim Deputy Chief Chris Rosman says the 
suspect died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Our hearts are with those who have been affected by this senseless act of violence. Giving an update like this is never easy. As a father, I can only imagine how parents are feeling right now. Deputy Chief Rosman says the 43-year-old suspect has not yet been identified and was not a student or employee of the university. New York City police are trying to learn more about the 62-year-old man who authorities say drove a U-Haul truck, swerved onto sidewalks, and plowed into people in a Brooklyn Bay Ridge neighborhood yesterday. One person was killed and eight others were injured. Police eventually arrested the driver after a chase. His son identified him as Wing Soar, a troubled man with a history of harmful behavior and stints behind bars. NYPD Commissioner Keechan Sewell. At this time, we have no indication that there is any terrorism involvement in this incident. Soar was living in Las Vegas where he was convicted of stabbing his own brother in 2015. Yesterday's attack comes as a prosecutor told New York jurors that the man convicted of killing eight people when he drove a van onto a busy Manhattan bike path in 2017 should be executed. It would be the state's first in six decades for the federal crime. The same jury that convicted Saipulu Saipov will hear testimony from the relatives of victims throughout the week. Around 36,000 people are confirmed dead in the earthquake that devastated Turkey and Syria, and aid workers fear the final death toll could double that. Many rescue teams have abandoned the search for survivors. However, humanitarian aid continues. New York City's third legal cannabis dispensary opened yesterday near Union Square. The Union Square Travel Agency is an effort involving the nonprofit Doe Fund. More than 50% of the profits will go to the Doe Fund, which provides housing and jobs to formerly incarcerated or homeless people. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Time for our Bloomberg Sports Update now. It's brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. Been a long time since the Knicks beat the Nets. Got to go back to January of 2020. Pre-COVID was actually the day Kobe Bryant passed away. Since then, nine straight wins by Brooklyn. All but two were in single digits. At the Garden, Knicks finally beat the Nets. 124-106. Jalen Brunson again led the way. 40 points. He shot 15 of 21. Made six of nine three-pointers. His former Villanova teammate, Josh Hart, is already making an impact with his new team. Second game is a Nick Hart off the bench for 27 points. Spencer Dinwiddie led Brooklyn with 28. Both the Knicks and Nets play tomorrow. It's the final games for them before the All-Star break. Kind of amazing that Brunson is, as of now, not slated to play in the All-Star game, but Boston's Jalen Brown is currently injured, may need a replacement. As pitchers and catchers get ready to report to spring training, the Mets tomorrow, the Yankees on Thursday, MLB announced the ghost runner staying put. The rule was put in back in 2020. The COVID season has remained, will now be permanent, although only in the regular season. Extra innings starting with a runner at second base. Andy Reid just won a second Super Bowl, was asked about retirement. Look in the mirror and I'm old. Um, I, my, my heart, though, is young. I mean, I still enjoy doing what I'm doing. I got asked that 50 times here. And finally, I just go, whatever, man. You know, whatever. And that's a, that's a good friend. Jay Glazer's a good friend. So, I mean, he, he's probably telling me to get my tail out. I'm too old. But um, I, I'm good with what I'm doing right now. So. Glazer had reported on Fox that Reed could retire. Super Bowl ratings out. The audience averaged 113 million, third most watched game ever. 
John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager on a morning where investors may be holding their breath just a bit while we wait for the latest reading on inflation. The Consumer Price Index for the month of January is due out at 8.30 Wall Street time, just a little more than three hours from now. Ahead of it, we're joined right now by Michael Hewson, the Chief Market Analyst at CMC Markets. Michael, it's always great to speak with you. The uh, consensus when you uh, check the EcoGo function on the Bloomberg Terminal is calling for another drop in year-over-year inflation, but a pretty significant jump when you look at the month-to-month number. What kind of market reaction could we see uh, if we hit that consensus this morning? Well, I think I think the consensus, Nathan, is pretty much priced in. I think what's not priced in is the mismatch that we've seen between bond markets, the dollar and stock markets since that payrolls report hit the tape. Cast your mind back to the 3rd of February, um, which is obviously when we got that bumper payrolls number. Um, Two-year yields have gone from 4.03% to 4.5%. The dollar's gone up. So it's the NASDAQ and the S&P 500. So, you know, there is a little bit of um, there's a little bit of a divergence there. They they both they 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 can't all be right. Try and get my words out. They can't all be right. So either the stock market is right and we're heading for a soft landing, or the bond market is right and the Fed is going to continue to hike by much more. And the stock markets are pricing in. I'm of the opinion that the warm weather or the warmer weather that we saw in January is likely to see much more resilient inflation data, much more resilient jobs data, and later this week, potentially much more resilient retail sales numbers. And that's likely to mean that the Federal Reserve is likely to hike by at least another 50 basis points between now and the summer. And the market's not pricing that. Interesting, because we have heard uh, from a number of analysts that uh, we could see at least two hikes from this Federal mm. Reserve before things start to pull back either at the end of this year or early next. What has you thinking that, that the market hasn't fully gotten that message just yet? Just just the behavior, I think, of the S&P and the NASDAQ. Um, you're looking at a U.S. two-year yield of four and a, between four and a half and four and three quarters percent, and certainly I think there's potential for yields to go up quite a bit. The Fed funds rate is already pretty much where the two-year yield rate is. So if you're working on the basis of a terminal rate of around about 5.25 percent, and certainly an awful lot of the narrative from a number of Fed speakers suggests that's the case, then why would you buy? Um, uh, you know, U.S. U.S. equities—they are already very fairly highly valued. And the earnings numbers, profits growth, isn't particularly great relative to their valuations. So why are we heading higher when it comes to US markets? It doesn't compute. There's an awful lot going on at the moment in these markets that suggests to me that there's a slight disconnect in what stock investors are looking at and what the bond markets are looking at. 
What's the possibility, Michael, that we could see a hotter than expected inflation reading? And if we do, what could that mean for markets? I think it's quite high. Um, I'm probably going to end up with a little bit of egg on my face, but I, I think that certainly core prices, and I think it's core prices we need to be focused on here, Nathan. Core prices could come in maybe potentially between 5.6 and 5.7. I don't think we're going to get see much significant softness there. Um, headline numbers, completely different story, but we're not looking at headline numbers anymore. So we're looking potentially uh, 0.5, 0.6, excluding food and energy potentially an upward revision to December and 5.6, 5.7 on the annual basis. And I think that could potentially send yields higher and knock the NASDAQ and the S&P back down again. And if we were to get that uh, scenario, uh, would that be a blip, do you think, in what we're seeing in inflation? What's the trajectory that we're looking at uh, for inflation right now? The trajectory is still um, for a slowdown in the pace of inflation, but it's really about um, the pace of that trajectory. I don't think anyone disputes that inflation is coming down. It's just that I think markets would like to think that it'll go, it'll come down as quickly as it went up. And I'm of the opinion that that is unlikely to happen. You've only got to look at what wage growth has been doing, not only, not only in the US, but here in the UK. I mean, average wage growth in the private sector here in the UK is at 7.5%. Now, yeah, CPI is over 10%, but that is going to filter through going forward. And certainly, I think as we head into the summer, wage growth is going to remain sticky. And that is going to keep the Fed, I would suggest, quite hawkish over the course of the next three to six months. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.